The Mammoth Moms podcast is sponsored by Jenkinson's Boardwalk. Spring is right around the corner, which means that it's almost time for Jenkinson's Boardwalk's annual Easter sale on April 7th, 8th, and 9th. Stock up on summer fun with their best deal of the year. Some offers include buy one $50 ride card and get one free. That's two times the credits and fun. Plus family fun packs that include five passes to the aquarium, fun house, and castaway cove mini golf for one low price. Make lasting memories and get ready for summer with the Easter weekend sale online or on site at Jenkinson's Boardwalk in Point Pleasant Beach, the premier family fun destination at the Jersey Shore. Hi, my name is Kate Santangelo. Welcome to the Monmouth Moms podcast, part of the Monmouth Moms Network. Listen in as we bring awareness to the best local resources for growing families in Monmouth County, New Jersey, chat with local moms and mompreneurs, highlight our favorite resources, local spots, restaurants, and more. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Mammoth Moms podcast. Thank you so much to our very generous sponsors, Jenkinson's Boardwalk. It is springtime in Mammoth County. We're here in uh, Homedale, New Jersey, at Bell Works again. Um, I was thinking yesterday how I actually I never really loved spring. I was never a winter person, not at all a spring person. I think mostly because spring is usually dreary and kind of cold and like very much an aftermath of winter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was looking through photos last night. I don't even know why. You like look. You know how you can look search for a photo basically mm-hmm. on your iPhone. So I'm looking through photos and I. It gives you like an option to look at spring, right? And mm. I was looking through all like these spring pictures from like 2015 and 2016, and um, and I was kind of like, it's funny how when you as you age, you get older, and like you have such a different perception of how just things are, right? Like you have a more of a deeper appreciation for like the change of seasons and how mm. spring is kind of, it's like you know like a new awakening. It's new, you know, it's change. It's like a lot of things to look forward to, a lot of like preparation for summer and stuff like that. Um, and I was thinking how, you know, you maybe feel a certain way when you're younger, like, you know, oh, you hate spring because it's still school and you're looking mm. forward to the summer. So it's like endless or it's cold or whatever, but it is kind of a really nice time, right, to, you know, see all the flowers bloom and stuff like that. So I'm probably, I sound like an old lady, but I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. You've adapted to spring. You <laughs> like spring now. I like spring. I, I love all the seasons. I have to say I feel really lucky that we live in New Jersey where there are all the seasons, although we didn't get much of a winter this year. Right. Um, but my kids have been going outside every single day to check on the flowers and kind of see where they are in the process of coming up. Yes. So I really love the process of spring. And like, like you mentioned getting ready for the summer it's like it's when things start to grow yeah you know literally and figuratively yes so, so true yeah. um and the uh one caveat that i would say to the um to my gardening i'm kind of newer to gardening and i'm enjoying it but um still not like really understanding exactly how it all works and when things bloom um, but i have those day lilies that i planted mm. a few years ago i do love them but they bloomed a little bit earlier this year because of our weirdo winter. You know, yes. it hasn't been, it's been very mm-hmm. mild. So <laughs> they've confused. already. They're very confused. So I think they sprouted a little too early, which means I don't know what's going to happen with them. 
And by like July, usually they're just completely dead because of <laughs> the sun and stuff like yeah. that. So anyway, yeah. um, but thank you for so much for joining today on our podcast. Our guest is Jamie Hanley. She is a psychotherapist, um, Monmouth County mom. And um, we actually were just talking. We've um, I've known you for quite some time when you had your yoga studio um, over 10 years ago. I, I yeah. was actually, it was one of, the, it was the first yoga studio I ever went to. It was before I started really seriously running mm-hmm. and I wanted to start like getting, you know, healthier. I think I was in my younger 20s and I was like, you know, all the cheese fries were catching up with me. <laughs> like, I need to start working out. There's for all of it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I loved your studio. It was Aww, great. Thank you. So, yeah. um, so tell me, where are you from? I grew up in Homedale. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Literally right in the town that we're in right now. Okay. Um, I grew up like going to the parties at AT&T. The Christmas party was epic when I was a kid. So uh-huh. like in the big ballroom here. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So what year did you graduate? 99. Okay. I was 02. I went to um, Meriden. Okay. Yeah. So we were like neighbors then. We didn't we were. know it. Didn't know it. Uh-huh. I'm sure we crossed paths, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's like my husband. He went to CBA and he graduated in 01. Mm-hmm. And we never knew each other. Um, and then he played baseball professionally for 12 years. Cool. So he retired when he was 30, came back here. And, you know, had traveled, obviously, all over the place, lived in Hawaii, lived, you know, everywhere. I never left. I'm essentially a townie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. And um, he, you know, we we have said, like, we knew we went to this Google Dolls Dolls concert at PNC one time. Like, we we were there at the same place. We crossed paths, but we obviously didn't know each other. So that's funny, right? Small world. Yes, it is. It is. Um, So you still live in Homedale now? I do not. I do not. I'm in the, like, Red Bank, Shrewsbury area now. Oh, nice. You'll find me around there, sometimes in Asbury. That's what kind of where I hang out. Oh. Yeah. We were just at um, Asbury Lanes for the top cookie event with the Girl Scouts of the Jersey Shore. Have you been or heard about it? Oh, I've heard. We are a Girl Scout fam as well. I'm a cookie dealer mom. Yep, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they're actually... I work with them with, with Mom with Moms, the Girl Scouts. Oh, nice. So every year we go to um, to support the Girl Scouts, and it's a really great event because you get to try all these fun cookies and the bakeries and different restaurants participate and yes. transform a Girl Scout cookie into a dessert. And then there's usually a panel of judges. So this year it was Carla from Oak Hill Farms who's been on the podcast. She's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and David Burke and... Um, I'm going to butcher the rest of the judges' names, but it was a really fun night. Um, and there's always a, you know, a really uh, great winner and different, you know, restaurants participate. So, um, cool. so it was fun. But Asbury Lanes, even too, has been like really, you know, changed, tr- transforms a, a bit. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I used so to hang out there now. when, it, you know, when I was younger and it was, it was still cool. It was just like a different space. Right. Now it's very cool. <laughs> it's very cool now. Yeah. yeah I, yeah. I mean, I was definitely not that cool. I was loitering in Red Bank parking lots as a high schooler, so, you know, <laughs> not as cool as hanging out at Asbury Lanes. <laughs> so tell me, um, I know you owned a yoga studio in Hazlitt, um, but tell me how you got into therapy and what that looked like for you. So when I uh, graduated college, I ended up going into a, a corporate job and found myself kind of feeling disconnected and wanting to help people more. Okay. And during that time, I did a yoga teacher training. I started apprenticing with the woman who owned the studio and decided, you know, I, I've always wanted my own business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I went down that entrepreneurial path with opening a yoga studio, bringing it down here, because back in 2009, there was only a couple other places around here. 
Um, so when I did that, then I found also that a lot of people were coming to me with mental health concerns, anxiety, depression, substance use, mm. um, overall stress management, the need for relaxation, mindfulness, meditation, those kinds of things. So the intersection of mental health and yoga was really profoundly showing up in my life through clients, through myself. I mean, that's really how I ended up coming to yoga as a stressed out corporate employee, young adult trying to figure out her life. Um, finding yoga brought me a lot of peace, learning the breathing practices, learning about mindfulness. It really helped me manage my anxiety. Mm -hmm. So of course that's, you know, who found me once I was out there as a yoga teacher with my own business. And then I was like, well, maybe I'm not really qualified to be doing this, so let's go to grad school because I'm also an overachiever. So so then I was running the business, going to grad school at Monmouth University for mental health counseling. Great school. Um, Amazing school. They have a specialty track, so I was able to do the spirituality track and kind of weave yoga and what I was interested in into that. So that was really cool. And... uh, yeah, and then I and then I started juggling doing hours towards licensure, owning a yoga studio, having a baby, having another baby, and all the things, and ultimately ended up um, letting the studio go. I was in private practice for a while, and um, now I'm you know I'm practicing psychotherapist, working for an EAP company, and I love 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 working with parents, um, anxious parents and uh, parents who experience perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, having had my own experience with my son when I was doing all those things, I was running a yoga studio, had a newborn, a three-year-old, and working at another person's business to my hours towards being a therapist. Wow. And my husband uh, got laid off and we had literally just moved into a house the week prior. Oh my god. And gosh. I was six months pregnant. <gasps> Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> so you have three kids? I have two. Two kids. Okay, got it. I have two. Yeah. And how old are they now? Um, in May, they're going to be six and nine. Oh, those are great I ages, though. They're really fun. Those we are my favorite time. ages for kids, yes. like, in my experience so far. And, I mean, I'm not having any more kids, so that that's my that's my judgment on yeah. that. Well, you've <laughs> got it a little more uh, uh, reflection. Yes. You can reflect yeah. back and say, you know. Yeah, six to, like, ages. ten because they're young enough where they still want to like to be with you all the time and they're old enough that they can take care of themselves and like get themselves dressed and even get themselves food sometimes and stuff like that so it's um it's just like a fun age and they're still little you know what I mean so I do I like I save for this age my daughter's eight right now and I'm like okay we're good here you can just stop now (laughs) pause right pause be little enough to snuggle yes and yet old enough to get your own food and dress yourself (laughs) and wipe your own tushy that's right (laughs) yeah I like that. I remember yeah. when a friend of mine said to me, she's like, you know, you're going to be, like, wiping tushies until they're, like, seven, yeah. six, six, if yeah. you're lucky. Yeah. I and have no idea. I, have I still no have idea. to supervise, like, hair washing and yes. stuff because sometimes it's, like, little looks greasy a little greasy. With yeah. the conditioner. Yeah. They're, yeah. like, over. My daughter had, like, a conditioner spray. So she's – and it was it was not cheap, by the way. It was, like, one that I had bought for myself. And, oh, I like this. And, of course, it looked good in her hair. So I'm like, okay. So she's just – it, I was like, is your hair wet? <laughs> Spraying away. Yep. So yep. I, I uh, condensed that with some water, and we're, we're getting some, like, long-lasting use out of it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, but so funny. I will say that I never had kids um, back-to-back, right? So my, my son is nine. I had my daughter. So they're nine years apart. And mm-hmm. um, 
I always give so much credit to moms who have children like, you know, three under five, you know, just the, you know, the back to back because you don't get the break, right? When the baby's sleeping or if you could maybe fit in a nap or whatever, it's really, it's a lot, you know, you have to be up while the toddler's up and, you know, running around and then up at night and stuff like that. So that's really tough just going through all the different things that you're going through in that time of your life. Um, So tell me what was that like for you when, you know, you were going, you were, you know, entertaining kind of a new career path and experiencing, you know, maybe your own like um, uh, mental health experiences as a new mom. Yeah. Yeah. I had so much going on at that time. And so I was able to reach out to my boss at the time and ask her for support. And so they knew what was going on. And I think really being in the field of mental health Mm -hmm. and being willing to accept the support, you know, my midwife telling me, you know, there's this program at Mammoth Medical Center for at the time it was the only program in New Jersey okay. that they have this um, maternal mental health program that's just for moms babies you know parents who are, are pregnant up until 12 months and it solely focuses on the challenges of that time so when they said you know I think you should go here and get some like truly specialized help people who know how to work with maternal mental health and the unique challenges of that time mm-hmm. because what happened was I became more at risk with the moving into a new house that was a big change in my life and my husband losing his job and experiencing financial stressors being pregnant and having a, a child just under three all kind of lined me up for being really overwhelmed and angry at that time. Mm. I was experiencing a lot of anger, and that's very unlike me. Mm. So knowing that I did have a lot of tools in my toolbox, and I also wanted to be connected with people who really specialized in maternal mental health and knew you know, what could show up during this time, like intrusive thoughts. Those are something that a lot of people don't talk about when it comes to parental mental health. Mm-hmm. And if you have somebody who really knows what they're looking at and what they're working with, knowing that these unwanted thoughts of potential harm, they're disturbing, they're upsetting, they bring on anxiety, they make us feel like bad parents, in reality, most parents are actually experiencing scary thoughts from time to time, some people more so than others. So really getting away from the stigma of it mm-hmm. and being more willing to talk about it, talking about it with other moms, being in that setting at Mammoth Medical Center opened up a conversation amongst you know, all these moms who have amazing background. A lot of people who experience perinatal mental health issues are helpers. Mm. They're givers. They are therapists, nurses, teachers, OTs, PTs, hairdressers. Right. Yeah. You know? And so we get so depleted when all these other risk factors come into play. Yeah. Um, like, for example, you shared that you were a really young mom and you felt like you wanted to kind of prove that you could do it yeah that's a risk factor being a young parent and I think too so you work with you know with a lot of moms now yes right and I think you know uh, I think the time that we were you know when we were growing up therapy was definitely part of our lives but it Mm -hmm. wasn't as fully integrated or maybe accepted there was probably a much bigger stigma um, about like needing a therapist versus you know now I think it's become much more normalized right yeah people it's almost like part of like their their weekly thing even if they're not struggling through something you know major it's a lot of people just have a therapist in their like you said in their toolbox Mm -hmm. Um, but as mothers when you are struggling and you are really 
not clueless, but you're really just kind of reaching because you have no idea, especially as a first time mom. So I'll share mm-hmm. like my, you know, experience briefly, but mm-hmm. I became a mom at 19. I um, was in a marriage when all of my other friends were in college and I just um, briefly dropped out of school. And then when my son was born, I think I started going back to school when he was one. Um, but during that first year, I was determined to not have that like perception that I was a young mom and that, you know, I was going to be struggling and I really didn't want to ask for help from Mm -hmm. anyone. So I had a very challenging pregnancy. Mm -hmm. I had the hyperemis gravidarum where I was on um, the IV and uh, the Zofran at the time, which was very new. It was a new drug at the time. Mm -hmm. And it was, um, I guess like very hard to get and I I had to have it like dripped into my body because even like the if I took it through the pill form I would like vomit it up it was a disaster I lost so much weight oh sounds horrible I had a lot of complications after that I finally had him I think I was induced at 38 weeks my OB was like oh my god just have this Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was and then he was cut then he two days uh two days old he was jaundiced back in the hospital so I just given birth back in the hospital and you go from a bed to then here's a chair basically and you know you're still healing and have just given birth and my son was you know under these heat lamps and I'm like what is Mm. happening why is my baby in a box yes both of mine and I couldn't hold him you know know. and that's awful it's heartbreaking oh my gosh and then whenever colic develops I think it's like three I don't know three weeks usually Mm. three or four weeks Mm. he was colicky and he was horribly colicky I remember sitting in my apartment my husband was um that my then husband was at work and he would just scream and i i remember one day it it was seven in the morning and almost a full 10 hours he didn't nap and he just screamed the entire day and i finally drove over to my mom's because i was like i don't i can't i can't even like I didn't even, like, I didn't even know what to do or I couldn't even think straight. And I was like, please just take him. But it took until then for me to just say, okay, like, I can't handle this um, because I just didn't want anyone to think that I couldn't handle it. Do you know mm, what I mean? I know. I know. And a lot of moms feel that way. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just like that real, like, like I you know you're really like it's you don't no one prepares you for what motherhood is like and it doesn't matter what age Um, but I was you know like shocked and horrified a lot of the time about like what actually you know what it actually entails Um, oh yes so I just remember spending like those you know those first two years really of like just kind of you know doing the best job that I could and you know really trying to be the best mom that I could be and looking back I was that you know Mm -hmm. but at the time you know you just you don't know and you are afraid to share even you know I think even too if I if I had had him when I was 27 and I was a new mom and some of my friends were having kids I think I still would have felt the same way um Mm -hmm. so you know it's it's really just about for me anyway and I'm sure so many moms feel this way it's about you know feeling like you are doing a good job that you know you're like that you're doing all the right things and you are not um you know, screwing the kid up, basically. <laughs> <Right>? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, and you're, you can't, you don't want to talk about that with anyone right. because you're like, no, I got this. Yeah. I got this. But it's, it's very lonely. It's it very is. isolating. Um, and motherhood in general, I think is very isolating because mm-hmm. it's still, you know, you just wor- there's so much that can happen. There's so much to worry about. And as they get older, you know, they say like the bigger the, you know, the bigger the age, the, the bigger the problem. And it's very true. Totally I would take yes. little kids any day of the week. <laughs> Um, But yeah, there's just, there's a lot that we're faced with. And I think it's, it's just, you know, my mom said this recently too, about how, um, you know, self-care for moms was never, 
accepted it was frowned upon when mm. she was having when she was raising her children yeah. because it was what you shouldn't sleep you you need eight hours of sleep but you know like you shouldn't be sleeping that mm -hmm. long you should be you know getting up early and doing for your kids and putting yourself last and that mm -hmm. was like that was praised so yeah um, the martyr mom Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, I'd just love to hear your experiences about, you know, how other moms are, you know, feeling and how, how it's shifted, right, with therapy and really kind of asking for help. Yeah. I think it has absolutely shifted since our mothers were in this place. Um, and there is still a bit of stigma in asking for help. Right. Um, it's, it is easier to talk about in hindsight. And I think the really important thing to remember about maternal mental health issues is that eventually you will feel better. Mm -hmm. You might not feel the same as you did pre-baby, but you will feel like you've come out of it and you're getting more uh, back to being somewhat of yourself, maybe the mom version of yourself. But honoring what we call this matriarch matriescence it's like adolescence mm -hmm. but the transition into motherhood and parenthood is a whole thing so the the loneliness and that is it is very isolating mm -hmm. to have a baby and young children and there's a lot of effort that has to be put forth to connect with other moms and it's absolutely necessary for our mental health so you hear this joke a lot like you know it takes a village but like where all are they? Do I have to call them? Like, am yes. I, is there somewhere I go to find them? Like, how do we put out the bat signal yes. for the village? Um, and then finding kind of the right moms, too, that you connect with. You know, right. I, I was never one to go to Mommy and Me. My mom was the opposite. She actually, when she watched my daughter the first year when she was born, and mm -hmm. she used to take her to Mommy and Me. I'm like, it, it wasn't my <laughs> thing. Um, but it's a lot of mom's things, and, yes. and that's great. I think it was always just kind of like putting the effort into, you know, you're working, right? You're doing all the things, and then, like, you want to find, like, best friends or new friends that mm -hmm. you can you know, connect with and like just, you know, really just vent to, right? Yeah. But finding like the right people, it's hard. It's right. harder to find, you know, people, I think, when you're older versus like mm. when those years. So I think um, to taking the friendships, like if you meet a mom friend at a school event, for example, you know, you, you say hi at preschool, and then how do we take that out of the school setting? Right. And that's where the friendships start to be built. You know, do you meet up for coffee one day? Mm -hmm. Right. So that's a key thing in building adult friendships. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's even really important if it's just a, a connection for that season, mm -hmm. that if a mom does go to Mommy and Me, or there is a friend that has a kids the same age that you can connect with and just talk about all the chaos that is parenthood mm -hmm. um, and just be totally honest about it. Like having some people like that in your life is completely crucial for mental health and normalizing this experience that we are all having in adjusting to parenthood in 2023. And what does that look like for dual income families? What does it look like to be having hard conversations with your partner? Um, so I think these are a lot of things that we do normalize and work on in therapy mm -hmm. and and how can we tackle them and ask for more help because trying to prove that we can do it ourselves completely without the support of grandparents or friends or our partner or whatever is really only going to set us up to be super depleted um, and I do think that uh, social media as as challenging as it can be yeah. with you know putting up pictures of how the perfect mom looks 
and that being harmful, social media can also be really helpful when we share real challenges and we provide real education or we cull our feed to be actually people who connect we connect with because they are authentic, mm -hmm. not because they're painting a picture of like what the perfect mom looks like. Because just like you said, we're trying to be the the good enough mom or like the best mom you can be right. at that time with the knowledge that you have. Yes. It might not feel that way in the moment. It might feel like we're not a good enough mom and that's one of the intrusive thoughts that people experience. Like I'm just not good enough. I'm gonna mess them up so bad. Right. And the reality is if you care that much, then you are a good enough parent. Yes, so that's very true. Yeah, mm -hmm. without a doubt. I vote, you know, the, the nights that you wake up in the middle of the night and you're just, uh, I'm, I'm a worrier, mm -hmm. so I'll worry, you know, all the crazy thoughts that come to you when you're, you know, trying to get to sleep. 3 a.m. Yeah, or so you're like, oh, and also <laughs> this could happen, you know. Um, but I think, you know, really just trying to, they say, you know, you can have it all, you just can't have it all at once. Mm. Um, but social media can be really, destructive in that sense because you see other people doing all these things right they're building their careers how to how can they do this mm -hmm. they, they put pretty pictures out they mm -hmm. go on three vacations a year you know I can't even afford one and you know just all, all of these you know things you're just beating yourself up yeah. about constantly yeah. um, versus really like knowing that I don't know a single person that has it all together mm -hmm. I don't know a single person that you know is you know I know people that are genuinely happy but I think their happiness comes from contentment in their, you know, just day-to-day -day, um, living and not, you know, from all the things that they have and, you know, right. all the things that, you know, you think would make you happy, right. um, which is hard to practice because, you know, there's a lot of things that you want that you think will make, well, that you could make you happy. Right. Um, right. But I think the biggest thing for me or and for moms to, like, know is that you really can't do all of it at once. Um, and that's, like that is number one and that you know if you want to achieve I don't think anyone should ever like give up on what they wanted to achieve in their goals and dreams and stuff but mm -hmm. um, but it's hard to you know manage all of it every day so yeah. um, so what are the some you work with a lot of moms um, what are some of the tips and, and things that you tell them if they're like really struggling especially moms that are you know new have infants at home or kind of like in the thick of mm -hmm. you know new motherhood in the trenches in the trenches as we call yeah it. yeah well definitely finding a mom pal to be in the trenches with you is super valuable as I said asking for help and you know it's it's not just on you to care for this little person it might feel that way mm -hmm. and it's not your partner is capable of doing everything that you can do as mom right right so like okay maybe if you're breastfeeding then they're not going to do that but they can also bottle feed. Mm -hmm. They can also get up in the middle of the night. Yeah. How do we get you protected sleep, right? Sleeping, eating, drinking enough water, making sure you have snacks on hand. These are the foundational elements of our mental health. And if we're not getting decent sleep, and I know as a mom, I have not slept the same in, since I was pregnant, so right. 10 years. Right. I haven't slept the same in 10 years. We're gonna accept that yeah. and we're gonna take the you know stretches that we get and make sure that they're quality protected sleep. So, you know, if you're a new parent and you're, you know, there's an 11 o'clock feed, there's a three o'clock feed, there's a 6 a.m. feed. How are we gonna trade off so that this feels more fair, that mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like it's all on one parent? Um, how are we going to divide up the, the feeding the rest of the family mm -hmm. or getting the house clean? All of these things that make up the invisible labor of women that um, 
is, is necessary to run our households and it does not have to completely fall on you. You know, if you're making your primary role to tend to this tiny human, mm -hmm. there have to be other people participating in all the other things that you do um, to make your household run. And one of the most brilliant things that one of my clients told me that she she was going to do and she did for her maternity leave as a working in the home mother. Okay. She made like a standard operating procedure. <laughs> These are the, the anxious, overachieving moms. That yes. Yeah, yeah. She's like, I'm going to write out every single thing I do for my maternity leave because I want my mom to know these are the steps of how I do the laundry. These are the steps of, you know, X, Y, Z for my son's snacks in the morning or whatever it is. Right. Right. And I've done this when I go on vacation or when I would go on a business trip when my kids were really little. I'd make a list of like their whole schedule and everything. Right. Right. Like recruit the people who love you and want to see you thrive and give them the directions. Yeah. It's going to be challenging in some situations and others. I know with grandparents, sometimes it's like, well, we did this with you and you turned out fine. Right, right, right. Um, and it's okay to speak your truth, advocate, be the mama bear that you need to be because these are your babies and we know a lot more now. So whatever it is that you have to ask for, you know, working on asking for that and being okay with accepting help, whether it's in the form of, you know, household support or mental health support. If, if you're at a place where, you know, the baby blues have gone longer than two weeks mm -hmm. and you're experiencing uh, intense mood changes, lots of crying or extreme worry, not being able to sleep, all these things, you know, just just kind of eat away at our mental health. And then all of a sudden you can find yourself kind of spiraling down or, or you know, on the floor and we need to peel you back up off the floor because right. mama has fallen to the bottom of the list. Right. So do you find a lot of moms will say if you, you know, if maybe you're giving them here, you know, here's a few things that will, will work, right? Delegate and give tasks to people mm -hmm. that live live within, you know, your house or mm -hmm. your family members. Mm -hmm. do, I, I know how I am. I'm a very controlling person. I like things a certain way. And usually it's like what moms all say, you know, yeah. it's just easier if I do it because it'll get done the right way. Um, but also I found even now today, I don't ask for help a lot of the time because I feel bad or guilty mm. that I'm asking these people who I love to do things for me when I could probably just do it and it's easier for them but not easier for me. Mm. So is that a common thread amongst moms? Oh Absolutely. I so appreciate you bringing this up because it really is. And I like to address that guilt is a thought that like I'm doing something wrong. Right. So is asking my partner to take care of dinner tonight so I don't have to think about it wrong? No, no, it's not wrong. So how can we challenge that mom guilt that we should be doing all the things? Anytime you catch yourself shoulding on yourself, challenging that idea. Oh, I should be, you know, doing all the nighttime feeds, you know, or am I doing, is it wrong that I don't do the nighttime feeds? I should be doing it because I'm mom. Right. No, you're not doing anything wrong. Your partner can equally contribute to participating in whatever it takes to care for your child and your household. Because we have this misconception, because of the patriarchy, that household labor is women's labor. Mm -hmm. And that labor, again, becomes invisible. So making the labor visible 
is part of recruiting people in your world to participate. And when we frame it like you're helping me, then again, we're getting down on ourselves because we're saying it's my responsibility, but I need your help. But but really, the household is everybody's. Right. You know, it's not just on mom. So, you know, reframing the way we think about things, um, whether it's household tasks or finances is another thing that comes in a lot. Well, I need to do all these things because my partner's working all the time Mm -hmm. and they're too tired. But you're also working all the time. Childcare is something that people get paid for. Not well enough, but they do get paid for. Cleaning a home is something people get paid for. Cooking meals is something people get paid for. Right. So all of these things, if we were to quantify all of the things that a stay-at-home mom, or I like to call it working-at-home mom, does, it, it she would be, I mean, I think there was a, a, yeah, a legal I, thing, seen, right? Yeah, like, yeah, was, where she was paid yeah, like paid, hundreds of thousands of yeah, dollars. Yes. Like the, the, the I, I want to say the number is somewhere around $180,000 yeah, a year of, of the, the worth same. of a of a working at home mother. So why can't we redistribute and change the way we think about what it takes to run a household and what it takes to bring a financial needs into the household and how can we make this feel a little bit more fair to everybody? I'm sure you've heard about fair play. Mm -hmm. That's another really interesting conversation starter and tool. I love it because it's card deck and I love cards. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I even saw um, a commercial recently, I want to say, it was a laundry detergent company. I don't remember which one Uh specifically. Uh, And they were talking about, it's a campaign where they're encouraging households to close the chore gap. Yes. Did you see that? That's with Fair Play. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, who is it? I forgot who the brand sponsor is. But yes, it's all about closing the chore gap and like having lists of like, what can you give your kids to participate Mm -hmm. in? And and that's another thing, you know, if we have older children, you know, what can we start to give them to get it off of our plate? Because as moms, it's like you have so much on your plate and it's spilling all over the table. Yeah. And you can't do it all, and it leaves you feeling constantly behind. I said, say you, I, I mean, I know me. Yes. That's how I have felt, is there's constantly this backlog of things that need to get done, and it's really overwhelming, and it can lead to never feeling good enough. Yeah, and it's a perpetual cycle, because eventually the things all do get done mm-hmm. by, you know, by the mom, right? And Or they don't, or and they I just don't. throw it out the window. <laughs> that too. But I've, you know, I, I'll get very, like, very anxious and very like moody about okay I, I have x amount to do this week and it's usually a lot right because mm-hmm. i also am an overachiever so you know i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this and then oh this saturday we have a birthday party and yeah. what can i mm-hmm. amazon what can i you know what can i not have to leave this space in order to get sent to that whatever all the things yeah so the then i'll get overwhelmed and probably not be you know maybe in the right headspace in terms of what you know i should be focusing on that week but it does all get done and then it's just this kind of this vicious cycle right because you are perpetually you know in a bad mood a lot Mm, of the time because mm -hmm. of all the things that you need to accomplish versus you know really just making sure that you are delegating properly so um i'm curious if CEOs and like powerful and leadership leaders leaders women leaders in America are better at running their households than others because they are good at delegators. <laughs> That's very interesting and I I think about that often. I actually I often think back to um my days in corporate mm-hmm. America and knowing that the woman that I work for worked for then has since 
you know, she's a senior vice president and her husband's a lawyer. I'm sure they must have a nanny. Right. You know, when I think about, and that again speaks to the social media being the highlight reel. Mm -hmm. So, you know, these CEOs, these high powered women that we might look at and say like, how do they do it all? we don't see behind the scenes that they have help. all the help, that right. they are delegating the meals, the child care, all the things that have you have to pay somebody else to do if you're not going to do them yourselves. And then that also brings in the privilege gap is like yeah, yeah. many of us can't afford that. Right, right. So, you know, what do you do? Is it cross off the stuff that that maybe is on your list unnecessarily, mm-hmm. automate as much as possible, like you said, Amazoning the birthday gift. You know, I know birthday gifts is one of the cards that I hold in the fair play deck of like, I'm gonna be responsible for that. And I always use Amazon. I recently signed up for Shipped and Target and get it, you know, if I can put that grocery store order in yes. on my computer or from my phone, like that's how I'm gonna check those things off. So delegating isn't only to other people, it can also be using a service that saves you time, right? Um, you know, but again, the privilege. I'm privileged to be able to pay for shipped, so I can have my Target delivery um, brought to my house, so that I can still continue my work. Right. So, it's a lot to remind ourselves that we don't know the whole story, that we can continue to look for resources, and I think that we need to be mindful in the present moment when we're with our kids. And we're, you know, having a moment where we can really connect with them and focus on like 15 minutes of meeting their needs and co-regulating with them, Mm -hmm. being, um, you know, our nervous systems talking to each other in a way that shows them that they are calm and safe and cared for. Then you're really doing the best job as, as a parent. Like, okay, whatever, if the groceries don't get here today, like you said, things get pushed to the next day. Right. Or... They get delegated, but you are meeting your child's needs. You know, if you're if you're responding to their request to, hey, will you play with me? Will you snuggle me? Not all the time, but when you can, you have those moments of connection and you practice being mindful and soaking in that moment, like we were saying earlier, while they're still little right. in that sweet spot and, um, and they wanna be with you and being mindful of that, like landing in yourself connecting with your breath, going for walks outside, taking oh, them. Oh, I love that. Yes. Yeah, taking them to see the spring buds and and check on the flowers in the morning. Like how do we land and anchor ourselves in those moments because those are the really important moments that we want to instill as a resource in our brains, in our bodies, in our nervous systems. Right. So going back to the stigma of therapy in yeah. general. Um, how many moms do you, well, do you feel most moms should be going to therapy regularly? Well, you know, as a therapist, I feel like most people in general would benefit from learning the skills that we teach in therapy. So certain types of, there's different types of therapy. Mm -hmm. I tend to go with some structured approaches and there are also some more creative approaches. So um, depending on what a person needs, but the idea is that in therapy, we wanna figure out what are the things that are going to calm your nervous system. When your emotions feel heightened and you're like seeing red, you could say, I'm anxious at like 100% anxious right now. Mm -hmm. There's so much on my plate. How do I bring myself down? And different people are gonna need different things. So the idea of, you know, working with a therapist one-on-one, that they give you some tools 
to get yourself out of that distressed state mm -hmm. and back to a state where you can be calm and connected with your kids. Okay. And that's when we're going to parent from like showing up the way we want to show up mm -hmm. as opposed to showing up like a frazzled mess. Like, my husband would joke sometimes, like, I looked like a Barbie doll. Like, he, my daughter has a Barbie doll, and her hair is, like, yeah, all crazy. All matted, yeah. He'd pull it back, and he'd be like, Mommy feels okay. And then he'd let the hair go and be like, Mommy feels overwhelmed, <laughs> right? Like, I don't want to show up as the Mommy feels overwhelmed hair in, in a panicked Barbie. I want to show up as, like, okay. I know I'm okay because I took three deep breaths and I ran my hands under some freezing cold water and I grounded and centered myself to then show up and get down at eye level with my kid who is having a massive meltdown because he hates the way his socks feel. Right. So I think everybody could benefit from therapy. Do I feel like everybody needs therapy? No. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not all in this, you know, crisis moment at any given time. But if you do need help and you do feel like you're in a crisis moment, please reach out for help. Right. You know, you can call the 988 hotline. You can call warm lines. You can call peer lines. Uh, for parents in the perinatal period in particular, the Postpartum Support International hotline or their um, their website has such amazing resources for very specific populations, too. So we got military families, LGBTQIA plus families, wow. you know, like um, surrogate families, adoptive families, like teen moms, like just um, parents of color, just all sorts of variety of groups that are virtual that they have. They also have a list of providers who have taken their specific parental mental health trainings who are well-versed in what they're looking at okay. and know how to specifically help this population. So we were talking a little bit before um, when, when you walked in about access to yes. therapy. Um, and I think many people's perception is, A, it's expensive. And even if you do have insurance, it's expensive, right? And mm -hmm. I can't afford to go to therapy, mm -hmm. and it's going to cost hundreds or even thousands of dollars a month if we're all, you know, if we're all going, right? Right, right. Um, if everyone in the family is going. So mm -hmm. uh, what – I know a lot has shifted. There's been um, a, a big focus, I think even in the media, m most recently, um, talking about the mental health crisis with young women and mm -hmm. teens and girls mm -hmm. in particular. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of that is stemming from social media, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, but there is definitely a crisis. Crisis, and there's also been um, a shift and change in access to therapy. So what does that look yes. like now? And I know it's different for everyone, but... Yeah. Well, there's such a variety of resources available, and I think people don't necessarily recognize what resources are available. Mm -hmm. So, yes, there is uh, a misconception that, you know, everybody can go to find an outpatient therapist it's going to cost you a hundred dollars plus for each session and like yeah that if you can if you have that privilege and you can find somebody that's going to be the fastest way to get to somebody you know they have their private practice and they're out of network right and there are certainly people like that and if you're privileged and you can do that then great good mm -hmm. for you however that's not most of us a lot of us you know yeah. it's expensive to live in new jersey um yeah, every so, time i turn around something's like five hundred dollars so you know, you want to start with your um, insurance company and the plan and looking, you know, what kind of benefits do you have and understanding that. There's also amazing resources like Headway, Alma, um, oh, shoot, there's another one. I can't remember the name. Grow, I think, is another one. Okay. But if you go on uh, headway.co, for example, this is going to list providers, what insurances they take, and their soonest opening, and you can book with them right through Headway. 
So you can see if somebody has a specialty of maternal mental health, anxiety, OCD, whatever it is you're looking for in your area, in person or virtual. And you don't, that's the nice thing. So I think too, you know, a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people do, but Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't know that you can't, there is opportunity to see a therapist virtually, um, which, you know, I think is, it's, it's, it's convenient mostly. (laughs) Oh my gosh. For the parents, it is awesome because you can do it at work, right? You could do it on your lunch break. You could do it at nap time. I put a lot of the moms in at their nap time. You know, baby goes down at 1030. That's when we're having our session at Mm -hmm. 1045. Right. So, you know, it works really nicely. And I've been doing that for a while since, you know, before the pandemic. But I think the pandemic really showed people how uh, beneficial virtual telehealth sessions can be. Mm-hmm. There's benefit to in-person, absolutely. There's the confidentiality, there's a separate space, there's getting that time for yourself, there's the environment. And if that's the difference between getting counseling and learning those skills mm-hmm. and getting that support versus not being able to go somewhere and bring the baby, which some people certainly, you know, I, I would welcome babies to sessions. I'm happy to hold your baby while you <laughs> have a break and drink your coffee. Um, but, you know, it virtual is awesome. Right. So, you know, so looking at your insurance, um, finding resources like Headway or your company's employee assistance program that's another place to go and get benefits usually there's a a finite amount of sessions um, and they try to hook you up with a therapist Um, resources like postpartum supports international Mm -hmm. mammoth medical centers perinatal mental health program is local we also have the new jersey family consortium okay that is um a, and I can get you, if you want to post in yeah, the show sure. notes, mm-hmm. links to a lot of these resources. So if anybody's listening to this, they can just go straight there. I would love that. Um, but there's there are nonprofit organizations. Um, for example, in, in Red Bank, there's the New Jersey Center for the Healing Arts. Or in Asbury, there's um, Jewish Family and Children's Services who provide uh, mental health care and services with a variety of level of clinicians for a reduced rate or a complementary, depending on what somebody's ability to pay for the services are. Okay. So, and a lot of um, therapists also offer sliding scale. You know, so if you find a out out of network therapist who you really like, but you can't afford their hundred and fifty dollar fee, right. ask them what they can do. Interesting. Um, you know, sometimes people who are newer to a private practice will be willing to negotiate. Okay. Um, It can be overwhelming, and it's well worth putting in the effort to find a therapist that suits you. It might mean that you have to do, like, 15-minute consultations. A lot of people offer that, 15-minute touch base. Mm -hmm. It might mean that you do a couple sessions, and and if you don't feel like you connect with that therapist, then you try somebody else. Right. Um, But, again, this is why it's so important to talk about these things to challenge the stigma and break the stigma because your friend might have an amazing therapist and that's like the highest compliment we can get as therapists is that our clients are sharing our name with their friends who've opened up to them about their challenges yeah so talking about it right i think too yeah it's uh someone said this to me recently and they were talking about their therapist and i was it it was interesting to f- hear someone who I did not know very well at all like openly talking about how great their therapist was and I liked it you know it was it's it's nice to, to finally be like in that place where we can really openly talk about it without hopefully without judgment um, yeah. also I want to highlight too um, I'm sure there are lots of moms who are struggling 
um, when you know with older kids, right? With uh, with te- having teens going mm-hmm. through hard times, maybe going through a divorce mm-hmm. or just a hard time within the family. Um, so it's you know it's we, the local moms network is part of uh, the mom with moms is part of the local moms network. It's a national network of um, moms who are bringing this resource to communities across the country. And um, the one thing that we do mostly, you know, with providing information to moms um, in America is really capturing the whole cycle of motherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're talking a little bit about what you're saying in the trenches of, you know, of new motherhood, but also, you know, maybe you aced that. Maybe that wasn't, maybe that wasn't too yeah. tough for you because there are moms who experience it and it was like the best time of their motherhood. Yes. Um, and others really struggle when they're, you know, when they have middle, middle schoolers. <laughs> oh my um, God, middle school. Right. Worst. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think, um, you know, there, there's just so much that we could talk endlessly about about all of the struggles that we face each day and yeah. the worry about our children and what they're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was yesterday. I was uh, at a um, lash studio appointment. It's actually my daughter's friend who owns her own studio, and we were oh, talking cool. about how the girls, you know, are all getting together and, you know, they're in second grade, so they're you know really starting to bond and form these friendships, but it's a really nice community of moms and the moms kind of all get along, but it's nice because we kind of have each other where if maybe there was like a, you know, like a little spat or something that we could kind of go to each other to talk, you know, to talk to. But I didn't have that when my son was growing up. Um, When he was, you know, he did Cub Scouts, so we had like the parents there, but it was mostly all dads and I was a single mom, like bringing Mm -hmm. him and stuff like that. So it was weird. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't, to be honest, it was tough for me raising a boy. I just, I almost didn't, I had six sisters and a brother when I was growing up. And I knew girls, right? And I really, like, was always, I didn't know what to do with him, you know? Like, I signed him up for Cub Scouts. I signed him up for soccer. I signed him up for basketball. I did all the things, but, like, um, his dad was, you know, um, not involved, really, in, in mm-hmm. raising him. So it was always a struggle for me. And I, oh, again, felt like I could not ever say that out mm-hmm. loud, you know, at the time, right? It, yeah. was, it was kind of like, no, you couldn't. Um, but I think it's, you know, really important to lean on moms, you know, at any at any stage of motherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, too, I think what's helped me more recently because I'm, you know, I'm running a business and, you know, running obviously my family and there's just all these ebbs and flows of things that happen to you. And you kind of learn like as you get older that like things happen and you just got to roll with it a lot of the time. But, you know, when when you're in in the new stages of motherhood, things happen and it's like the worst thing in the world. And now it's like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But really like learning to if you're in that, like how you're saying, like that's just stress state and your body is telling you, like, why don't you just go sit down in the other room for three minutes? Or why, like I am a runner, so it's like, why mm-hmm. don't you just go for a run? Or bring your daughter to the park and like, I will walk my dog or whatever. Yeah. And all those things. And it really does make so much of a difference. And it's mm-hmm. almost like forcing yourself to, because you have to get all of these other things done, right? right. And that you feel guilty for like taking that time. Um, I've done another thing recently too, where I will take, I still work most weekends but I I was for a while like not taking much time at all and I was like totally burnt out Mm -hmm. all the time and it was just kind of like patting myself on the back for being burnt out Mm -hmm. right and oh no I got so much accomplished I'm so productive but not even being able to think straight and probably not even doing anything well right or some of the things well um and really making sure that I'm taking like maybe a day and a half like off completely like mm-hmm. not working at all 
and being so much better when Monday comes around. Like you're just you're re, like you're just refreshed. You're ready. You are, you know, you have new ideas. You you really need that time to recharge. And the, people mm-hmm. say that like as a term, like you genuinely need the time to focus on other things. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're draining your battery all week long. Right. Or, you know, there's so many demands. You have to have that time to refill. Absolutely. And it's, you know, some people are like, well, would you tell me to take a walk for my mental health? Like, that sounds so basic. Like, yes. why are you telling me these things? But it's really about doing things with intentionality. Mm-hmm. It's it's not that the walk, it's not just like, oh, your depression is going to be better because you went for a walk. Your anxiety is going to be better because you went for a walk. It's that when you go outside and you walk and you move your body side to side and you scan with your eyes side to side and you hear the sounds of nature around you and you feel the sunshine on your skin and you smell whatever smells of nature, all of that is communicating with your nervous system. Right. And it's bringing you down. So it's so important. Like it sounds like, oh, these what are these silly little things they're telling us to do? But if you do them with intentionality and purpose, they make such a huge difference. If you choose to do those things instead of working more and depleting yourself further, you will see the positive impacts on your mental health. Right. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. why people travel, you know. Right. I mean, travel is, yeah. is good for you. And, mm-hmm. you know, not everyone loves to travel. But I, I'd say every trip that I've been on, you always come back with a different perspective on, mm-hmm. on your life, right? You take something from it and are able to apply it to, you know, your daily routine and yeah. your, what what where you are in your life at that time. I feel like when I go on a retreat by myself, maybe that happens, but now travel is just like bringing the circus elsewhere. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm hoping true. for one of those to come back soon. <laughs> I would love to. I always see the retreats and I'm like, oh, one day. <laughs> yeah, that was my pre-kid life. Yes. Oh, I used to go like twice a year and now I'm just like, Oh. They're old enough. They can get their own food. It's time. It's time. <laughs> Mom needs a weekend. That's right. Do you still practice yes. yoga? I do just on my own mm-hmm. and, you know, how it feels good in my body. And mostly I bring in my knowledge of that, knowledge of the breath work and mindfulness meditation into the counseling sessions with my clients and teaching them those skills and making sure they're educated on, like, all the different kinds of yoga. Like, there's all different kinds of therapy. There's mm-hmm. all different kinds of yoga. Right. Based on what you're going through, it may be more or less beneficial. Right. Yeah. So I love to always ask the moms that come on, um, where do you like to go in Monmouth County with your kids when you're not working? Oh, boy, where do I like to go? Ugh, we love Dorbrook Park. Yeah. That that's would be great one. Our favorite park is definitely Dorbrook. I love oh, my kids love it. I mean, I love like, just letting them go and ground and the yeah. that that was great when they were oh little because it was a great way to break up the day. Lifesaver. And um, yeah, it was just nice and the kids love it. It's yeah, big. Yeah. That's a great park. It's oh huge. Gosh. We love Dorbrook. Definitely the playground, the the whole like instruments in there and mm-hmm. all the cool sensory play in there. Right. Um, and the water parks is awesome. And um, we recently started at Lake House Music in Asbury. Okay. Yeah, I've worked with them before. <sighs> awesome. My kids are so happy. Their little kids' class is so cute. Oh. And my daughter's obsessed with the band, and she loves to sing, and she's learned piano. So that's something. And we just like to go and, and have our Saturdays, our music Saturdays, and get some coffee after and walk around. So... You know, just I love hanging that. out, enjoying. And you said you love Asbury. Any yeah. favorite restaurants that you like to go to? Homesick. Okay, I haven't been there. Oh, That's where um, Brickwall was originally, yes. right? Okay. 
Yes. A huge improvement yeah. from the day from back in the day. Okay. <laughs> it's so cute and and great for kids. We went there for brunch a couple weeks ago and it was amazing and they gave the kids cute coloring and oh, they were it. so happy. Our our waitress was such a sweetheart. So that was a great um kid restaurant location. Oh, for sure. I'll have to check that out. Mm-hmm. Anything else? And what about date night? Oh, date night, date night. Hmm. Gosh, it's been a minute. This have is you been to um, <laughs> Pascal and Sabine in, in Asbury? Uh, you know, I have not. Oh, no? Okay. That's um, a good date night one. Yeah. yeah. You should check Let's that see. out. Where did we go on our last date night? That It's sad that I'm, I'm having such a hard <laughs> time, like, thinking of a good restaurant. I feel like the bistro in Red Bank is, like, a, a, a go-to for us, like, It's always forever. reliable, and yes. it's BYO, yes. and it's just, like, delicious. Mm-hmm. And there's, I love everything. The only thing I gripe with them is they took the lobster pancake off them. Any of you ever have that there? It was so good. It was, How like, what am I now? So good. But they have um, the best lo mein, too. Oh, really? I always get the crackling calamari salad. That's there. good, too. Yeah. So good. That is good. Yeah. The lo mein there and also at Teak is, like, my favorite. Teak. Teak is amazing. We went there on a date recently. Super fun. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's been there forever. It's like, it's just, it's reliable, yeah. right? And always fun and good. Mm-hmm. That's what Are I love. Are they the same owner? I think they might. Are I they think to... maybe. I don't know. I, don't I think know. you might be right. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Yes. So, <laughs> definitely two of my go-to spots. Maybe sure. that makes sense by the loneliness. <laughs> right, right. That would make a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining and talking about mom's mental health. It's super important to really create awareness and really just talk about, you know, how we're all feeling and that it's okay to, you know, not be okay, right? Yes. Um, yes. But what would you say to moms really that are just struggling right now and, you know, kind of don't, maybe don't want to, you know, don't want to have to do anything. They're just hoping it'll pass. Well, if you're in that new baby period and you're having a really hard time with it, know that it is temporary. Mm -hmm. Eventually it will pass. And it will pass sooner if you reach out for help. Okay. So all the big overwhelming emotions, yeah, they're temporary. There will be a time when you feel differently again. Right. And that time will come sooner. If you get more connected with other people who are going through it or have been through it, normalize it and can learn more and more about it. There's you know, no shame in, in educating yourself about what's going on and remind yourself that you're not alone. You're yeah. really not alone. Yeah. No, there's lots of people out there and resources who love you and will help mm-hmm. you and you know want to see you through it and want you to be your want best you self. Thrive. Yeah, to thrive. Totally. Um, we didn't uh, talk about the cards at all, but if you um, tell me about them real quick. Yeah, so I have made a oracle card deck. I'm a spiritual person. I love cards as a tool, and so the deck is all about putting all your tools in a toolbox, and then you can pick them out throughout the day. Um, I have. Here, I'll show you. I have them here if you're watching or recording. Yeah. As I make. I can link here. them too, right? Yeah. Or, okay. I'll, I'll send you yeah. all uh-huh. sorts of things. So say, for example, I'm going through today and I want to pick out a coping skill for myself. So this it says earth and uh-huh. it says walk barefoot and focus on your feet. Stop and notice all the nature around you. Pay attention to where you connect to the earth. So these are all little reminders you can pick out of like, what do I need today? Oh. I need to remember that I attract everything I need. You can use them and pull a few at a time, get some guidance. You can use them to remind yourself of different affirmations and coping skills. They have holographic edges. Oh, yeah, very pretty. (laughs) Beautiful (laughs) art by my friend Kelly Rose Burgess, who's an incredible artist. You know, reminders of our boundaries. 
this one speaks to what we were talking about before, how like you have to say no to some things to say yes to yourself. So you have to say no to, you know, not working all weekend. You can't go to every birthday party. You can't say yes to everything in order to have the time to refill our own cup. Yes, that's so true. I like that one. That one's a big one that moms need to be mindful of, I think, for sure. For sure, for sure. And, um, you know, if you just want to get a card of the day too, people can follow me on Instagram. I'm at jamiehanley underscore. Um, and I pull like card of the day or card of the week and have different cards on there. Um, and if they want to find more, you can always check my website, jamiehanley.com. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for thank coming. Thank you. It was such a pleasure. Um, coming up, thank you again to our sponsor, Jenkinson's Boardwalk. Make sure to check out their Easter sale happening April, I think, 7th, 8th, and 9th this year. There's more information on our website, or you can go to jenkinsonsboardwalk.com. Um, and then get ready to have some family fun there this summer. I love Jenkinson's. I can't wait to go. I'm excited. That's another amazing spot. Yes. When you have little kids, the Jenkinson's Aquarium is clutch. It is. Cause Such a great you, It's a quick, like, you don't have to spend hours, and it's not yes. a big trip there, right? Because some of the other aquariums you have to drive. Not that they aren't great, but, you mm-hmm. know, that you have to drive a bit. So it's a good mm-hmm. way to, like, break up the afternoon, have some lunch, and, yeah, agreed, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, coming up with the Mammoth Moms, we recently announced our upcoming event, which is Sunday, May 7th, here at Bell Works, our, uh, the Mammoth Moms' second annual springtime festival. Um, we've added some new, um, new fun to the day. We have a magician coming. We have some... Um, uh, a new show that we're going to be announcing soon. I just have to confirm a few things, but um, we also added Touch a Truck, which is so fun for the little the little ones. They love mm-hmm. climbing on the fire trucks and the police trucks, and we have some construction vehicles coming. So working on all of that, and then we also it's a week before Mother's Day, so come and shop. We have some really cool vendors. We have actually over seventy five that will be here, um, and our whole kids zone, which we've um, we've always had, but we have some new entertainment mommy and me activities um and we also have a mommy and me photo session with uh sea salt and honey three girls garden and um oh my gosh she's gonna kill me um and a a really beautiful backdrop so um we uh, so make sure to check out all the information on the mammothmoms.com and register for the event Uh, so we're excited about that and also our summer camp guide if you're looking for information um, and where to send the kids and sign them up for even you know it doesn't have to be for you know six or eight weeks if you need a program or an activity just to fill maybe a week or you know a few days check out um, that on our website under lists and guides and our birthday party guide will be out this week too (laughs) so we have a lot of uh, information about venues bakeries where to you know where what to do and that's another like stressor what what am I going to do for the birthday so we're trying to make it a little easier for you (laughs) yeah like that's that's so amazing like you're such a resource for all the moms in our area trying to take off some of the mental loads some of the stuff that's on our plate when it comes to planning all these things like camp and birthdays yeah and and that's amazing. Yeah. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Um, I hope that we're our whole goal our mission is to give moms the gift of time so I hope that you can lean on the mom with moms and any of us within the local moms network to do just that so with that thank you and enjoy your day